Hello, I'm Richard. Well, last week I spoke from the first 23 verses of Matthew 13, where Jesus tells a parable about four different kinds of soil. Jesus explained that this parable was all about the way we receive and hold on to the message of his kingdom. He describes this message in terms of secrets because it has to be revealed to us by God's Holy Spirit. It's not something really clever and complicated that we need to try to work out by our own human intellect. But the truth about the Lordship, the kingship of Jesus, is the key to everything. It changes everything. It offers the hope of a world transformed to the way that it was always supposed to be. And it brings us back into right relationship with God. It floods our lives and our world with love and justice and with righteousness, peace and joy. So if you didn't hear last week's message about how we receive and hold on to the truth about God's kingdom, why not go back and listen? It's called The Secrets of the Kingdom, Part 1. And of course, this is The Secrets of the Kingdom, Part 2. We're going to read today from Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 43. And I'm reading from the NIV translation of the Bible. So that's Matthew 13, 24 to 43. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, don't, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 30 kilograms of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. 
As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, before we go any further, I just need to remind you that when Matthew talks about the kingdom of heaven, it does mean exactly the same thing as when the other gospel writers talk about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of God. We're talking about God ruling and reigning as king. Okay, so this time we have three parables to consider. Firstly, the parable of the weeds among the wheat, which is actually explained at the end of our passage. And then in the middle, um, two shorter parables, one about a mustard seed and one about yeast. So let's start with the, the wheat and the weeds. Jesus said that the rule, the dominion of God, is like good seed being sown in a field. The good seed stands for those who are part of God's, of God's kingdom, and the field represents the world. So the kingdom of God is not a far off place that you have to travel a long way to get to. No, God wants his kingdom to be established right here on earth. And the way that he does that is to plant people who are part of his kingdom into the world. People like you and me who have made Jesus the king of our lives. People like you and me who are choosing to live under his rule. Remember, we can't claim to be part of his kingdom if we're not prepared to completely submit our lives to his rule and authority. If we're not willing to live the way that he calls us to live. But every time we choose to live under the Lordship of Jesus, we are manifesting God's kingdom. And God takes us and he plants us in our world. He planted you in your neighbourhood, on your street. He planted you in your family and amongst your friendship group. He planted you in your workplace or in your place of study. He planted you there so that you could grow and produce the fruit of his kingdom, so that you can extend his rule of love, justice, righteousness, peace and joy into those places where he has planted you. But then, suddenly, we notice that all is not well in our world. Suddenly we realise that weeds are growing among the wheat. And Jesus describes the weeds as people of the evil one. Now that can sound very dramatic, and we might think it only applies to like murderers and, and rapists and the like. But actually the Bible teaches us that you either belong to God or you belong to the enemy. You either enter into God's kingdom or you're still part of the dominion of darkness. You don't have to worship the devil to be part of his dominion. You can be a genuine person trying to live your life really well, but still ultimately find yourself in the grip of the enemy. You see, when we resist a loving relationship with God, our Father, under the Lordship of his Son, Jesus Christ, 
we pitch ourselves outside of his kingdom in enemy territory. So in our parable, the servants come and ask the owner of the field, do you want us to get rid of all the weeds? But the owner says, no, let the wheat grow among the weeds. I don't want you to, to risk damaging the wheat, so wait until the end of the age. That's when the time will come for judgment, for separating the wheat from the weeds. Now this speaks to us of the kindness of God. Listen to this from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 to 9. 2 Peter 3, 3 to 9. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. It's not that God doesn't care about the weeds. It's, it's not that he doesn't care that we as humanity rejected him and his kingdom. But he is patient and kind and he longs for us to turn back to him. He longs for us to receive Jesus as our king so that we might enter into his kingdom and be a part of it forever. And this brings an urgency to our message because we're not just do-gooders seeking to live morally superior lives. We're planted here so that people can see what the kingdom looks like because God longs for them, for the people around us to enter in as well. And so he sends us with the message of his kingdom. That's why you live where you do. That's why you work where you do. God has sent you, planted you, sown you into the field for the sake of his kingdom. And for the sake of those who would otherwise perish outside of it. We really need to understand just how much it matters. How you and I live our lives as people of God's kingdom. Now, in between this parable and its explanation, we read about two other much shorter parables. Firstly, Jesus said the kingdom is like a tiny seed that doesn't look like it will amount to anything. But that seed grows and becomes a magnificent plant that offers food and shelter for the birds. And of course, in one sense, Jesus is showing us that God's kingdom is destined to grow and grow into something truly magnificent. But we might also apply this to our own individual lives. You may wonder what difference it will really make to the grand scheme of things, whether you live your life in obedience to Jesus or not. You may wonder whether it will really make any difference to our world, whether you're faithful in all the details of your daily life. 
whether you're honest and fair in your business dealings, whether you refuse to take part in gossip, whether you keep sexual relationships for within the context of marriage, whether you honour those in position of authority, whether you're generous in your giving to God and to others, whether you speak out for truth and justice. But God says his kingdom starts with just a small seed. Jesus said that whoever is faithful in small matters will also be faithful in large ones. If God is challenging you in some area of obedience right now, do not underestimate the power and potential of that seed. The Lordship of Jesus is the power and potential to completely transform our world. But it takes all of us as his people living faithfully in his kingdom wherever he has planted us. We have to live faithfully and trust that his kingdom will grow and know that the end will come. And then there was the parable of the yeast. Again, the yeast seems tiny and insignificant. It doesn't look like much. don't know if you've ever made bread with yeast, but you use such a small amount. When it's there on the kitchen counter in its little jar or sachet, you might wonder, well, do I really need to add this? Will it really make any difference? Your life might seem insignificant. You might not have some highly influential job or position in society. And even if you do, you might feel totally out of your depth. Did you notice that in the parable, there was 30 kilograms of flour? That's a lot of flour. Sometimes we can feel overwhelmed or intimidated by the circumstances and the challenges we face. We can certainly feel intimidated and overwhelmed by the extent of evil and suffering in our world. But you see, the power is in the kingdom. It's in the rule of Jesus. It's when you live out his rule and reign in your life that your life truly has the potential to bring transformation to this world. Your life is not destined to have no impact. Your life is destined to bring transformation, not through human wisdom, power or ingenuity, but by the secrets of the kingdom, through the beauty of a life lived in obedience to King Jesus, through the power and authority of a life laid down in love and service. You have to trust God that your life lived in obedience to him will make an impact, whether you can see it or not. The mustard seed may have grown into a magnificent plant, but the yeast is much more covert. You can't see the yeast itself, but you can certainly see its effects. Sometimes God will draw attention to us as his kingdom people, but other times we will serve from the secret place. But either way, of the increase of his kingdom, there will be no end. And ultimately, we will forever shine like the sun in the kingdom of our Father. So let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you would bring revelation to each and every one of us watching this message today, that we have been sown, planted into God's field, into your field, Lord God, that we have been sown, we've been planted in specific places so that we might produce the fruit of your kingdom. 
I pray that you would help us to understand the significance and the potential of our lives, Lord God. That we would not write ourselves off, that we would not be intimidated by the scope and the scale of the things that surround us. But Lord God, we would know who we are as your children, that you've deliberately sown us into your world. That we wouldn't be intimidated by what we see around us, but we would know you've, you've knowingly planted us here, Lord God. And Lord God, we do come to you again and resolve to live lives under your rule and authority. Lord, if, 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 we have, if we have lived life our own way, if we have been disobedient for where we have not followed your commands, for where we have, for where we have strayed from what you've been calling us to do, for the, for the good things we've not done, for the, for, the, for the bad things that we have, but Lord, we come again and we say, Lord, we're sorry. We repent. We align ourselves again under your rule and authority. If you're watching this today and you've never made that decision to, to come into God's kingdom, to live under Jesus' rule and reign, you can do that right now. Just ask him to forgive you for living life your own way and commit your life to following him. And may God bless all of you. And I look forward to being together again next time for Secrets of the Kingdom Part 3.